You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, folks. Welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire football podcast. MWWire.com. That's our website where you can find out uh, anything Mountain West related. Football, basketball, shenanigans, um, stuff we do. I'm Jeremy Moss, hanging out with uh, always Matt Kennerly. And part two, Spring Roundup. Yeah, we're going to the best division. We are? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Reigning champion division conference Fresno State Bulldogs. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I was going for. There you go. Sure, I'm sure you were. Exactly. We'll get to that. If you missed our last show. We did a Mountain Division Roundup because we didn't want to do a mega two-hour-plus podcast, so we broke it up. Uh, before we get to that, we'll get all the West teams, go through basically spring questions, if there's answers or not, or queries heading into the uh, season. But first of all, we never discussed this last week. We got some TV games to talk about for a minute here. Yes, we do. So, first off, if you haven't heard our prior podcast about a month ago with the American getting a new TV deal, kind of what it means for Mountain West, we discussed that. How that relates to Mountain West. Our buddy uh, Josh uh, Furley does uh, Colorado State. Uh, Fred Lund, excuse me. I don't know why I said something else. Talked about just don't go to flow sports. So eh, it's a reasonable thing to talk about. But we have our games on ESPN and CBS Sports Network. And soon to be, what, Stadium, Facebook, and uh, AT&T, right? Is that where we're going here? Yeah, pretty much. You know, the usual. The usual until... They're negotiating this week, so or I guess currently for the next deal. Um, you know, it's great if you're a Utah State fan. You're not the team of Facebook this year. That's true. <laughs> is that a good? Is that a good or bad thing? I think that Aggies fans probably won't complain that they won't have to. You know, they want to look too hard to find their football, but just because it'll be someplace where they're accustomed to seeing it, like ESPN or I guess CBS Sports Network. Yeah. So, with these games, we're not going to dive deep into schedule. We just want another topic to kind of get to before lead into our West Division. Here's the biggest thing you need to know, Matt. Week zero game with uh, Hawaii and Arizona. Mm-hmm. So, CBS Sports Network. Um, I guess a couple of things we want to talk, mention on here. If you go through your favorite team, most everybody has a decent amount of games on here. Uh, I guess unless you're in Mexico, you might not. You have a couple, two. Oh, yeah, four. So... Do you let me ask you this because the schedule itself you can read what we put up it's on ESPN stuff could change. Do you care where Fresno State plays their games? Uh, not so much, just because I'm so accustomed to having so many platforms anyway. Do fans care then? Like the casual fan, like we've heard of the great wave out there in Fre- out there in uh, Fresno, the older fan base. Yeah. Do, do they care if they're not at the game? Uh. I mean, I guess I would. I don't. That's hard to say because I think it would be more likely that, especially those harder core fans, the older fans, would be at the game. Um, but I just imagine like the average Fresno State fan, and, and by extension, I would, I would hazard a guess to say, you know, the average Mountain West fan across the conference probably doesn't care that much, just because things have been trending in that direction for, I don't know, the last five years or so. I, you're probably right, but I still hear the handful of Boise fans. What, we're on CBS? How do I get that? I have to upgrade Cable 1 or whatever charters in my area. It's mm-hmm. like, dude, it's like 
get it for a week and be done with it. But it, there, there's no reason to not know where these games are if you're on ESPN, CBS Sports Network. Did you have any games that stood out to you that was um, any oddities at all on here? Like UNLV at Wyoming for me is on ESPN Network. That's a little different. I mean, I think you would expect at least every team to show up once on ESPN. You'd hope so. So, I mean, as far as that goes, there wasn't really anything that jumped out to me as being especially unusual. One thing I wish would happen, Army and Air Force, I wish it was on CBS proper, but that's not the case. CBS Sports Network. Yeah. Because it's like, come on, Army's going to be good. Air Force, I think they're going to be good. Sometimes when Army play, or an Air Force play, that Army's on CBS. I like the games where, uh, that's fine. If it's on CBS, greater power to get it on there, but it's usually a basketball to one game. I do like how the TV was set up. Um, they did the same thing they did last year, kind of, where they're not putting, typically not putting, like, division games out last week. I mean, mm-hmm. excuse me, cross-division games, I should say. Yeah. Because we don't want a repeat of, what, 2017? Mm-hmm. Where, and that was... Uh, that, Messy. Who, who made that decision? Come on, really. Who Who's doing that? Uh, the computers made that decision. You're going to blame the computer, not a person? Well, I mean, let's put it... I mean, <laughs> let's, let's, let's remind everybody, you know, that, you know, yes, even though Fresno State won... The, the you know won the division beat and beat Boise State in that finale. Let's not forget that I think it's pretty fair to say that there was an imbalance between the two divisions, and the whole point of the exercise to begin with was to say that not all wins are created equal. True. So yeah. you know even though both of those teams ended up with seven and one records in conference play, you know if you go back and look at who they actually beat, you know going through the Mountain Division in 2017 was just tougher. Yeah. Top to bottom than it was going through the West Division. And so I was on the record at that mm-hmm. time as saying, that's fine. You know, I don't care if the game is not in Fresno because the, the logic behind how that rule unfolded was okay with me, even if it wasn't okay with a lot of my uh, compatriots, shall we say. Yeah. I'd also say that year, Fresno wasn't supposed to be good. And so nobody could foresee them being winning that West division already wrapped up heading the final week with a repeat or like, you know I mean, it's not like they're putting like San Diego state's been pretty good for a past while. San Diego state Boise, the final weekend, this is just a game. Oh, it's a cross divisional game. It'll be great. It happened to be a preview. So I'm glad they kind of fixed that out. And then one thing I do like about the schedule, I know it's not really TV wise, but you got the two non-conference games, mm-hmm. BYU at San Diego state army at Hawaii. This should be some decent ones. But overall, like, like, who's on ESPN? We know Boise gets a few more games. Like Nevada at Fresno, it's a pretty good ESPN game. You have uh, Wyoming Utah State, which is probably an underrated game. You've got the Fort Bridger Rifle on the mm-hmm. And uh, I was going to say something about New Mexico, but I'm going to pass on that because I'll be nice. Because we got to be nice to the Albuquerque folks, right? Yeah, they've been nice to us. They've been nice to us. No, I'm teased. Was, it was just something with the Boise State game. There's, also, the trend continues. San Diego State, the home of CBS Sports Network, as always, right? Yeah. Um, look for more of these games. There's not much to go on. There's just If you want to plan your schedule, go plan your schedule. We already did our road trip, so maybe those games were good to, for TV, right? When We did that a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And um, what was I going to say here? One last thing. Um now let's move on. This wasn't as good as I planned. This was not very good. Let's go, <laughs> let's go to our actual topic. So if you want to fast forward and you listen to that and are not listening, I thank you. So we'll keep it going. We don't edit anything because why not, right? That's what we do. It's the off-season. It's the off-season, and I thought this would be more interesting, and it was not because I wanted something else to talk about. But West Division, alphabetical order as to what we did last time, so we can't stray too far from that because people accuse us of hating their team or something, right? Is that how it used to go? 
Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it probably still does, but we still say it. Fresno State. That's the first, is that the first team? F yes, it is. Okay, yeah. So the big thing about Fresno State, which you'll know, and I know, new quarterback. Mm-hmm. They uh, We talked about it uh, probably for a brief second a couple weeks ago. They lose a couple defenders. They lose a lot of defenders. Uh, oh, okay, sorry. I was trying to be nice. You see, I want to be positive here. No, let's let's be real. I mean, they're All losing right. a lot on both sides of the ball. Has Mike Bell found a team yet? Yes. Oh, he good. Did land a mini camp invitation with the Green Bay Packers. About time. Jeez, that could have been sad if he said no. He did not make a team. <laughs> so you have who do you have? Mike Bell gone. You have um, who else has gone back there? Um, Jeff Allison. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to be, who else they got? Well, the entire linebacking core: oh, Allison, right. George Helmuth, and James Bailey. That's right. Uh, they also have to replace Tank Kelly, who landed. He landed in the pros. They've got to replace like four of their offensive linemen. Pretty much everybody who caught a pass last year. But you know the the news out of Fresno, so far as I've been able to see, is you know there there hasn't been any glaring concerns and. You know, in the same way that we kind of talked about a little bit with Utah State last week, as far as I'm concerned, no news is good news. Mm-hmm. If you can be encouraged by some of the young guys who are stepping up at all those different positions, I think at this point, you know, because there is so much production to be replaced on both sides of the ball, you know, you you want to avoid any significant injuries, which, you know, other than a, a guy who I believe was slated to maybe be a backup offensive lineman, Mark David Bienemy. They really have avoided that, and you know the young guys on both sides of the ball. Excuse me, on both sides of the ball, you know they are is still a work in progress. But I think that everybody's been saying the right things. Everybody's encouraged by what they've seen from guys like you know Emory Edwards, you know Patrick Elima June, um, all those guys that you if you follow recruiting, especially you've been hearing a lot about them over the last couple of years. You know Wyland Free might step up and, and be opposite Jaron Bryant or Juju Hughes at some part of the defensive backfield. So as far as I'm concerned, like there, there's nothing, there's no big question that really jumps out in the same way that we did that we talked about with Boise state or something like that. There's still a lot left to settle, but I think that they've answered some of the most significant questions by, especially by naming Reina as the starting quarterback and just kind of getting that out of the way. And, I mean, at this point, personally, I'm just more interested in seeing how things shake out in fall camp, especially with those young guys, you know, because they don't necessarily need, like, a whole bunch of guys to step up all over the ball. You know, it's just one or two guys at one or two key positions that, you know, if that gets sorted out, you know, the sooner the better. So what you're telling me, despite replacing a quarterback, guys drafted the NFL and the offense receiver position, offensive line gone, you're good with everything. That's not what we. Point, that's yeah. not what you said at Boise State. There are a lot of question marks. That's a lot of question marks. Too, no, man. well, no. I what I said with Boise State was, you know, we know that they're loaded on yeah. both sides of the ball, sure. and and if I remember correctly, I said that they have the benefit of the doubt that they will figure out the quarterback situation. Yeah, it's just a matter of. I mean, it's a different situation in Fresno, obviously, because there are, there are more spots to fill all the way around. Mm-hmm. But. I think in the same way, you know, you, you mentioned they weren't expected to be good in 2017. Yeah. I think maybe you could make the argument there are some skeptics out there that say they aren't supposed to be good in 2019. Or at least but, as good. I think that's fair to say. So maybe they don't have quite the mountain of benefit of the doubt that Boise State does. But I think at this point, they've earned the right to kind of wait and see how things shake out. 
I think so too with what Tedford did right away. Yeah. He's done good things to get, get sorry, my autoplay video kept skipping. That was even more annoying. Where like he came in, turned the turnaround quickly right away. McMurray came in mid season, basically, the first year did good things. Here's a po- positive thing. They got a good coach. They have Ronnie Rivers, I've heard he's pretty good at running back. I've seen what he's done, right? Totally. When he's healthy, yeah. Yeah, when he's out there playing, when he can play. We saw the bowl game, what happened on offense. Defense, I if I'd have one big concern, I guess it might be at, at least based compared to what they did last year to keep the level of play good, probably defense. Because I don't know if they'll have enough guys. Like you said, they'll still have linebackers, they'll have their secondary. That might be harder to fill than offense, I'm thinking. Because, like I said, like Reyna, he's been around for a little bit. He's played a little bit. They have a good running back already in place on offense when he's there. So I think if the biggest question for me for them to be successful, and we'll do all this when we get our big preview in a few months, but I think defense is where, for me, might be the shakiness of most just because the amount of players they lost. And good players, too. Really good players. No, I mean, I, I think that's a fair assessment, and especially on the back end of the defense where, yeah, I think moving Michael Walker from a defensive end position to, you know, an outside linebacker position will help in that regard. But, you know, the other two guys who at least have the inside track to a starting role right now, Aaron Mosby and Justin Rice, you know, if you aren't in the Central Valley, you've probably never heard of those guys Uh Unless you maybe watched the San Jose State game last year where Mosby, I believe, had like a, a 95-yard interception return or something like that. Yeah. But, you know, those are guys who, you know, they have potential, but, you know, you just want to see them progress and really grow into the role and maybe more importantly, grow more cohesive as a unit because that's the one thing that's going to be really difficult to replace because they're replacing three guys who had multiple years of starting experience together. And that's not something that's going to be replicated right away over just two weeks of spring ball. All right, let me ask you this really quick as we move on. What's your 1 to 10, what's your confidence level heading into the summer and fall? I mean, I would say it's an 8 or a 9, just because, you know, obviously I think it's, at least for right now, kind of a long shot that the team is going to win double-digit games again. But I don't think the drop-off is going to be as drastic as some people might think it is, just by virtue of the fact that there's so much production to be replaced. Okay. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the coaching. That's true, even though the they have a new defensive coordinator as well, correct? Uh, no, they have a new offensive coordinator. Oh, offensive coordinator, that's right, yeah. But they basically just promoted the offensive yeah, line right. coach from within. And okay. it's not like he hasn't been an offensive coordinator before. Sure, yeah. And that was the year, year before, they lost to DC to the back to the CFL. Yeah. Are right, you ready for Hawaii football? I'm always ready for Hawaii football. we got a question about Hawaii football. Should we start with that? Let's, let's do it. Um, I, I'll find out who it is in a second because they send, us, send in a couple of uh, questions here. But I, I know we discussed this before, but what's Rolo going to do at Media Day? Is he going to do something crazy? What should he do? Because I know we talked about this before, though. Well, the recent trend has been celebrity impersonators. Correct. So what was a year year one? He had an Elvis impersonator. Mm-hmm. Had Britney Spears last Britney year. Britney Spears last year. What I I mean I don't know if it's going to happen, but what I really want to see is a Steven Tyler impersonator. That's right. Okay, that'd be pretty. Especially good. since Aerosmith has their residency in Vegas right now. Just have Steven Tyler come out. Why not? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> uh, I he will he will do something. I'm one. I think he may mix it up a little bit. You like, think so? Well, he remember he wanted the monkey. Oh, that's true. So, I, I I know he was not happy with the, having a, oh and he had Elvis. Did we mention Elvis too? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Um, I'm trying to think. He, um, 
I like your idea. If he if he goes with the senior, I'm wondering who's in town. Who else is with it? Anybody else important with Aerosmith or just Steven Tyler? Well, Lady Gaga's there. Okay. Uh, Celine Dion is always there. Mm. I think Gwen Stefani has a residency at the MGM Grand. Is Carrot Top still there? Because that'd be interesting. Carrot, Carrot Top's, he's going to be there forever. <laughs> That's what, his shows, I think, are what? Tuesday through... It's like his Wednesday off. That's about it, I think, of when I go by it when I stay in Los yeah, yeah. there. So you get one day off. That's it. Do this show. So I don't know. I want to say something different, but I'll go through Stephen Todd think about it more. But I think he might stray a little bit from doing the uh, singer impersonator again. I mean, I guess I wouldn't be surprised by anything at this point. That's my point. Because remember, he only gives out good gifts. He started that tradition, which half the coaches do, which, come on, coach, every coach should get on board, right? Yes. I want to say I'm looking at you, Coach Harson, but I can't confirm or recall if he actually participated or not. I really just want to power rank the gifts. Again, we did that once or twice, right? We need that. We need that hashtag content, you know? You know what we should do? Okay. This is what we'll do later. We'll make our own list of what they should take. Yes. I, already I got like it. that idea. That's what we'll do. And the, be- the one for Boise State, it's not potatoes. It's a potato candy bar they have. I think it's called the Spudnik. It's like a potato-based candy bar. I'm gonna have to look further into that. I think I've had. I think I've had it here. I'm in Utah. I think I've had it before. It's um, I think it mostly looks like a potato, but it might be more like an almond joy coconut thing. But I don't recall exactly. But we'll look it up and we'll do that because hey, summertime we gotta have fun stuff to do, right? Exactly. All right. So let's actually get to football in Hawaii. They have some question marks too. They um lost uh, John Osir, wide receiver, who's with the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Mike yes, shot there. Is. They had their spring wrap-up. I think they're the final team to wrap-up spring about a week and a half ago. So one of the best positive things over what Steven Seiss said over at the Hawaii Warrior World, they actually have depth. They had issues last year with the offensive line where they couldn't keep a unit together, which could explain the quarterback issues second half of the year, rotating QBs and production-wise. Apparently they're now officially three deep on the offensive line, which is a huge thing. And for that offense that goes so quick and for the, how fast they want to pass and kind of what you can freelance a little bit at quarterback on the read option, that's a good thing to have, depth there, to have a unit come in or come out. So I think that's probably the biggest uh, positive I saw out of their spring so far. Well, not only that, but, you know, and I think the offensive line speaks to the bigger picture in a lot of ways. They are young there, too. You know, they have a lot of continuity pretty much everywhere on both sides of the ball. So it's not just, you know, building depth, you know, even the, the fact that they didn't lose any coaches this offseason mm-hmm. is true. a step in the right direction. The fact that they've been able to, to, to implement the run and shoot, you know, and, and I, I forget the exact quote, but I saw Nick Rolovich say something to the effect of, you know, at this point in, in the implementation of the offense, it's not necessarily about like expanding the playbook all that much as much as just getting everything all the, the core concepts of the offense just down precisely. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, even though they lost John Ursua, as you mentioned, you know, they do have Cedric Bird and Jojo Ward coming back. So, you know, the inside of that offense is pretty much all set. Well, and Fred Holly's back too, running back. And, you know, I think that they feel a lot better about the guys who we saw a little bit of or the guys who have received a, like a lot of, you know, off-field hype who are more likely to grow into bigger roles this year. Like perfect example of a guy who stepped up during the spring game is Jason Matthew Sharsh. You know, he only caught nine passes last year, but you know, he's a guy who 
could work on the outside and enable Bird and Ward to do a lot of their damage inside. Or Komoku Nola, who there's been a lot of hype about him, or J- Jared Smart. You know, there there are options, I think, that have shown that they can step into this offense. And, you know, whether you have a question about the quarterback situation or not, you know, the optimist's case is that, you know, between Cole McDonald and Chevin Cordero and now Justin Wahiru, yeah. I'm going to say this one more time. Justin Uahinui. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, you know, if one guy can solidify his his grasp on the starting job, maybe Hawaii has the best quarterback depth in the conference all of a sudden. Ooh. Spicy. Maybe. Maybe. Them in Air Force, be, perhaps, I think. Th- perhaps. And, I mean, you could... You know, if you wanted to, you could make an argument for Boise State just because they have so many highly touted options just without the, the on-field production so far. Experience, yeah. Experience, yeah. So, you know, I think that there's a lot for Hawaii fans to like. And, you know, the defense stepped up and made, you know, they were able to create turnovers. They created opportunities for some of their young guys. Like one guy who I guess got a lot of attention is Kai Kaneshiro. You know, maybe he carves out a role for himself as a safety. So, again, there's not really – I don't know that there's really that much to discuss. Like, they, they do have kind of – I think it's just a matter of kind of continuing to iron out the, the kinks in the offense especially. But I think they have enough options there where if they can come out swinging the same way that they did last fall, you know, now all of a sudden maybe you're talking about a dark horse title contender. Ooh. Maybe. Here's where the offense, you're right. It's a lot of timing. It's a lot of quick passing. It's a lot of just throwing the ball. They had four guys last year with 50-plus passes caught. Mm-hmm. They had another, what, seven guys average 10 yards of reception. And one thing they do need as well is like a tight end. You think, why well, need a tight end? A tight end would be helpful in this offense as well because you can't always have your the slot guy get those oh, go across the middle. You want a big tight end. So if they get a tight end out there, but I think you're right. Like if they, because year one, you're learning the offense. It's so much stuff. Year two, you say most of the guys, a lot of the guys back, either what quarterback plays, which I think I lean Cole McDonald for me. I think that's where he'd end up being. But the receivers are gonna be just as good last year. Dynamic wise, you're not. Yeah, they may not have exactly what John Ursua did, but Cedric Bird, one of those, probably him, will be close to his numbers. He may not have the same numbers. Like touchdowns were a pretty big difference, but I don't think the production overall will take a, de- a hit on that. I we start the offense. I think defense is where I know the offense fell apart last year, but I think defense they need to uh, kind of get things together because when you score so many points, they take the risks on fourth and one, which usually it worked out more often than not. They need a defense that's a little bit better to keep up with the offense when the offense is aggressive and there's a quick three and out or something because they decide to go for it fourth and two at their own forty yard line or something. Mm-hmm. So that's like the one area where, where I'm a little bit concerned. And one thing too, you mentioned coaching staff. Did you know every coach on staff has been a coordinator at some level? I did not know that. So, yep. Um, there you go. That's a good thing, right? Got the ex- I think co- I mean, it couldn't hurt, yeah. Coach experience. But title contender, I think we'll get to all that later. The West, uh, I don't see why not because no team, if you think about it, like who's bringing talent back in production? I don't have that list in front of me of like who's bringing the most production back, but Hawaii has to be up there. Well, Hawaii, if I remember correctly, um, and SB Nation had this, I think, back in like January or February. But if I remember correctly, Hawaii was number one in the conference as far as overall returning production. And it makes sense. Running back, both quarterbacks. 
even losing Ursura, they're up there. So if you go based on that, that should give them a bump anyways. And year two of an offense, they kind of got figured out more than they did last year. It's I don't Dark Horse, just because it's Hawaii and what they've done the past couple years, but overly shocking, probably not to, for them to be in contention. Well, and, and maybe one more thing before I move on. Maybe you could make the case we're burying the lead here. Ooh, what do we miss? Well, the, did you did you catch the score of the spring game? What, 3-0? Wasn't that what it was? No, you don't remember? No, I don't remember. Oh, no, oh, never mind. I'm thinking of something else. Um, Where they were given like million, tens of thousands oh. of points for certain things? Was it 3-0 game? There was something else I thought was super low. Yeah, it's like a million points for this, 80,000 points for this. So it ended up being um, – so there was Team Mauka and Team Makai. <laughs> 10 million final, to 25 million. I don't know. Actually, you were pretty close. <laughs> according, according to Brian McInnes over at uh, Hawaii Warrior World, the final score ended up being 11,100,000 to 9.2 million. You know what that reminds me of? Did you ever watch the show Boy Me Trolled at all? Of course I did. I, I figured. I still got to put it out there. Do you remember the episode where it's that trivia game? Oh, man. It's well, been way too long since I've seen that show. Here's a just it's, – it's, you don't need to know specifics. It's a like a trivia game for high school kids. You get one point for this. Like it, basically one point answers, maybe two points in a bonus round. The team that wasn't supposed to win won, and then they made it go crazy. Like you get a million points for a question right, two million points for a question right. So it's like just overinflating the score just because. For well, and they, all, and they also had a they also had a dance off in lieu of a coin flip. Okay, there you go. What do they do? Which, they'll, they'll do the which uh, I I really want that to happen for real in college football. Uh, who would judge that? Uh, they should just—they should send their biggest dude out there, and just have a dance off. <laughs> this is a, this is a million dollar idea I'm throwing out there for free. Oh, hold on one second here. I closed something out here. Hold on, crap. Uh, where's my ecam? I may still be recording, and if not, I may have shut it like right before I said that, which would be unfortunate. Well, we'll just move on. I, I must have accidentally closed something here. Oh, no, we're still going. Never mind. I'll edit that. Jeez. I minimized, <laughs> not exit out. So let me put a 22-minute mark here just a second. Actually, I'll just stop it and do a new one so I know. Let's move on to the uh, – love the idea, though. Dance-off. we got to figure that out. Nevada is our t- uh, next team we're doing. And they – um, their biggest uh, concern, their biggest item is uh, replacing Ty Gangy, I would say, would be their number one thing to do in offense that wants to um, – what throw the ball like Hawaii sort of the, the, I mean they're definitely an air raid offense if not necessarily a run and shoot offense we need the, we need the whatever we had before to come back in the wolf raid whatever it was we need that to come back airwolf that's airwolf what it was. why yes. is that why is that not a thing so we try hard to make hashtag airwolf a thing again well I, yeah we should might as well right what's it gonna hurt people laugh at us and people see it <laughs> see here's here's the thing that you know the impression that I got from spring football in Reno especially was you know we kind of came into probably going to be the guy you know just him showing but if you you go back and look at what these quarterbacks did in the spring game especially now all of a sudden it's a much more interesting question because all three of the guys who were reasonably in the competition not only Solano but you know Carson Strong who's a redshirt freshman and Malik Henry who transferred in from Florida State former four-star guy and all three of those guys played really well at the spring game. All three of those guys, you know, performed well with uh, a wide receiver crew that now all of a sudden, even without McLean Mannix, 
looks super deep and super exciting and super explosive. And oh, by the way, they still have Toa Tawa and Kelton Moore in the backfield. Yeah. So, you know, while they might still have questions about what they're going to do on defense, especially if the offense was able to perform as well as they did, you know, I guess take everything with a grain of salt, of course. But, you know, now all of a sudden, you know, the offense looks a lot more interesting. And that that question of who's going to emerge as the quarterback is, at least to me, maybe the most exciting question to follow going into fall. Do you see it as a good thing or bad thing that um, Solano is not like the head and shoulder starter? I think it's a good thing. Because, because competition, the guys, they're all playing well. It's not like he's playing bad by any means. No, absolutely not. And that's what I'm saying. I think that you know it would be one thing if if all three of them or, or one of them struggled. But, you know, this was a situation where, you know, in the spring game, let me pull up these numbers real quick, real, uh, you know, he was 13 of 17 for 169 yards and Strong was 18 of 26 and Henry was 16 of 28. They were just throwing the ball everywhere, which I think if you're a Wolfpack fan and and you're thinking about how this team is going to reload, I think that we kind of suspected all along that it was going to be the offense that led the way and kept the team afloat, you know, if if not necessarily for competing for the division title, which I think you could maybe make a dark horse case for them as well. But, you know, at least for you know, being a bull team yet again, you know, it was going to be the offense that really kind of had to step up. And so I think that with that kind of strong performance to take with you into the summer, you know, for me, if I were a Wolfpack fan, I would be encouraged by that, definitely. Yeah, it brings six or seven receivers back. The only concern is offensive line. There's a couple, like, what, three starters along there. So that's someone like it's an offense. Defense, they uh, lose, uh, who is it, Malik Reed, gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Asani Rufus, gone. Who else did lose? Uh, Corey Damian Rush. Damian Corey Rush as well, yeah. Uh, so secondary takes a little bit of hit. Malik Reed's really good. He's gone. I guess that's the big concern is, uh, for me, I guess, quarterback, I think we'll both be okay with. But defense, Dominic Peterson should be the main guy. Had a great freshman year, as so did uh, Hastua Sakona, third-year starter there, anchoring that defensive line. So Gabe Sewell never left town, so he's back apparently. So that's good, right? Mm-hmm. He's not leaving. To, what was he? Where does brother go? Utah, BYU, something like that. He's looking at the same thing. So they get guys back. It's just losing a few of those key guys. Like I think it might be more along the lines of. Guys replacing the stars and who will that be? Where production could be fairly similar. We just don't know who that exactly that might be yet. Yeah, especially in their own in their defensive backfield. Yeah, you know, because I think that's where the biggest losses were. And you know, the, I guess you know the upside is that they're working on figuring out you know the options, shuffling through the options that they have. They have you know at least one cornerback spot locked down in Daniel Brown. So I think that's a positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, EJ Muhammad's going to be back. And, and interestingly, you know, Cayman Curitan, no longer a quarterback. He's in the mix as someone who could play in the secondary. And so, you know, I guess if there's kind of a, a thing that I'm still concerned about, it would be that. But I think that my optimism about the offense outweighs the, the concern that I have about the defense, at least at this point. Did you see, I'm looking at the spring recap, did you see what Jay Norvell said about his goals for Nevada? I did not. So, I don't think he refers just to this year, but I think he refers in general. Our goal at Nevada is to play on a New Year's Day. On a New Year's Day. 
to play in the Sugar Bowl or Fiesta Bowl, or they're basically list off all the bowl games. And in this day and age, Nevada can do that. Is I that, don't see why not. Is that too for this year? I think that's too high of a goal, right? For this year, well, I mean, I guess we could talk at length about it because later we might guess, but I mean, they they you could say that they have the schedule for it. Yeah, they got what per, Purdue at West. Oregon, mm-hmm. Purdue Oregon, that'll be a big one. Hawaii, Fresno State, San Diego State, obviously at Utah State. Yeah. So schedules there, yeah. The schedule is there for this year. I, I, I'm not going to say it's likely or to book it in or anything like that. Yeah, hold off on that travel plans, folks. But, you know, I think thinking in the long term, too, it wasn't that long ago where they were, what, a top 12 team top nationally during, top, during the Colin Kaepernick years? Top 10, I think. So I think if things break right and they continue to develop players in the same way that they really have over the first two or three years of the Norvell regime – I don't see why that shouldn't be a goal for the Wolfpack. I think you always do want to aim high, especially when, when especially when things have been trending upward the way that they have recently. I honestly think we'll get to this in our big preview stuff. If you win the Mountain West, you're in contention for that bowl spot. So, and any team in the conference winning the Mountain West conference, not that's easy, but that's you know what I'm saying. Like if you win the conference, you're good to go. So if you're being in this conference by virtue, if you become pretty good, you have a chance for the Big Ten bowl game. Yeah. All right, who's up next year? What's um, after Nevada? Uh, we have that would be San Diego State. San Diego State, my alphabet is failing me. So San Diego State started spring football way back in February. Why not, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's spring year-round in San Diego. It's always nice, right? There's no real time to do it, I guess, if you – or do whatever you want. It's perpetually 72 degrees. Perfect. Excellent. Is their biggest loss John Barron, who just got cut by the Bears? <laughs> Is it? I don't know. He's cl- he was clutch apparently in college, but not that trial where six of eight kickers tried to replicate uh, Cody Parkey and they all failed essentially. <laughs> that was nuts. I mean, I guess it depends on what you where your emphasis lies or what what you think is most important. I say getting John Washington uh, healthy. I mean, as far as you know, some someone to replace. Uh, quarterback is a big like I joke about Christian Chapman, and it looks like it's going to be Ryan Agnew. They brought in a Juco guy who escalated up, to, or not escalated, but rose up to number two on the depth chart. It looks like Agony's going to be their starter going into, this fall, into the fall, finally, after years and years. I'm just not overly confident with him being that, but losing Chad, like, like I said, we kind of joked, he, he, didn't, he didn't make mistakes. He moved the ball when he needed to. It just wasn't the offense, like it wasn't a passing offense. So if he can, whoever's the quarterback, which is Agnew, Replicate, try to replicate Chapman, make smart throws, throw, throw when you need to, make the good handoffs. Um, they are switching the offense a little bit, if we recall, talking about that a few months ago. So that's mm-hmm. something to watch out as well. But that's my biggest thing I look at because I don't expect the quarterback to come in and just start throwing like crazy because that's not what they do. But have him be the quarterback where do what they've done in the past and maybe build upon that, like say by 5%. No, I mean, I think you're right. I think they want it to be an offense where, you know, even if Agnew isn't the most precise pet thrower, I think they want to move to the spread because they want to be able to take advantage of his legs as well, which I think is something that in his playing time last year, you know, let's not forget he averaged over seven yards carry. And so that's not nothing, but you know, to me, the lingering question is, you know, and we were joking earlier that it was like a three, nothing Hawaii spring game, but, uh, you know, the offense didn't necessarily perform very well in the last scrimmage that they had. And, and it was only 15 to nothing. 
Yikes. And it was the uh, – I'm sure – make sure I have this right. So it was the first-team offense and the second-team defense versus the second-team offense and the first-team defense, but they only gained 253 yards. And while I'm not sure exactly how many plays that encompasses, it uh, – you know, none of the individual performances really inspire a lot of confidence. You know, Ab- Agnew didn't see the field, neither did Juwan Washington, but – I think that Rocky Long has come out more than once and said that he's not necessarily happy with where the Aztecs are, at least for right now. And and you saw that on on both sides of the ball. I think he said that something about the quarterbacks earlier in the spring. But if you go back and look at his quotes about, for instance, the defensive line, you know, that's another unit that's overhauling quite a bit. You know, they're losing Noble Hall, they're losing you know a couple of other guys from that unit, Anthony Luke. Uh, Chibu Onyeuku, and he basically came out and said that at the line of scrimmage, we're not very good right now. Yeah, that's, and defense is their thing. They got to get better defense too. And so, you know, and I, I should preface all of this by saying that, at least as far as I'm concerned, San Diego State's another one of those teams that has earned the benefit of the doubt, and that you know this coaching. All right, let's move on to that vaunted or vaulted. What's right word, Matt? San Diego State defense exceptional. Sure, vaulted ceiling. Or the what if, what if you're pole vaulting? I'm vaulting over something. <laughs> That's true. That's the verb versus the adjective. I guess, yeah. See, English is difficult and hard to learn if you don't know it all the way. Because one word can mean five different things, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So that's why it's tough to Let's get back to football, I guess. We don't need to have an English lesson here, even though you'd probably be able to help everybody out quite a bit with that, I think. Aztecs defense. So we know that we're getting from them, right? They're usually, even if they lose players like they have in the past, and this year is no exception, they're usually, what, top three defense? And that's kind of what we expect them to be every year at worst, right? Sort of. Usually, right? Sort of. I mean, in in looking over... You know what, especially how the spring game turned out. You know, one of the quotes that really jumped out to me is uh, from from Rocky Long himself. He said that you know the lines of scrimmage, I'm assuming on both the offense and the defense, aren't where he wants them to be right now. And when you consider that they're basically you know replacing Miles Cheatham, I believe is the only starter coming back. You know, they lose Noble Mm -hmm. Hall, they lose Chibu Onyoku, and they're replacing him. Right now, with a pair of sophomores at the top of the depth chart, and Connor Mitchell and Kishon Banks, you know, like we've talked about with other teams, I think that given the Aztecs' track record on defense, that I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. But I think, you know, if Rocky Long himself is going to be so blunt about where his team stands right now, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But this might also be the thread that. One of the threads, rather, that I'll be watching most closely when fall camp kicks in later this summer. So why do you think, just because of the amount of talent gone and everything, is why you'd want to... So. I mean, I think, you know, if, if the head coach is pointing to a soft spot and saying, this isn't where we want it to be just yet, you know, they, you can say, yeah, they held the, uh, the first-team offense in the spring game to about 250 yards. Come on, that's the Aztecs' first-team offense we're talking about here. Yeah. <laughs> I think I said this before, you know, you take spring game results with a grain of salt, mm-hmm. but it's just, you know, they're losing just enough key pieces that, you know, while they do have some high-end star power coming back, you know, obviously Kaiba Tizino is an all-conference performer. Tariq Thompson and Trenton Thompson can easily be 
in that same caliber by November or December. But they have a lot to replace elsewhere that I don't want to say it gives me pause on the defensive side of the ball, but like I said, it's something that I that I will be paying attention to to see how that comes together when fall. I know you don't either. I'm just kind of throw it out there. Is this like the possible? I know we talked about re- returning talent. This seems to be, or at least product talent. I guess production is a better way to put it. Percentage of whatever tackle sacks, all that stuff, TFLs, uh, interceptions. Is this one of the most defense? I think this is one of the defenses they're replacing the most talent or production in a long time. Like I said, they're losing most every starter back. They have a couple like high end guys, but this might be one of the biggest. I'd have to look it up. A production turnover they've had in a long time. Yeah, and I mean when you consider that even with the slide that they had in November last year in particular, they they were still a top twenty five defense by S and P plot that they project to be a top twenty five defense again. But by returning production, you know, I think you're right that it's it's maybe more of an uphill battle than we're accustomed to seeing. And to answer your previous question, by returning production, uh, they actually do return sixty nine percent, which is all right, so about forty percentile there. Yeah. Okay, just curious to get overall, but like, here's the thing: it's like when we talked about Boise State running back earlier, or I guess last last show. We end quarterback to a lesser degree. It may not necessarily be. It's like okay, there is a concern. It's just because we may not know who those guys are, but they have guys there. Oh yeah. That's most likely what the concern is. That's why there's a hesitation or saying, oh, Boise State running back will be great. There'll be another draft pick in a couple of years. But they've done that the past four running backs. So so history, trends, and all that stuff. Odds are they're going to be close to that same level they've always been. That's why I kind of half-joking. Yeah, top three defense should be kind of, kind of yeah. Who We just don't know all the names. We know a couple names, but not all the names. And I think that's all there is the reason to be. If you're concerned, it's just because maybe experience isn't quite there yet. And it's like, well, we don't know who it is. That's probably the only my concern for defense because until they step down and like I know the last month season wasn't good. The Ohio blowout loss, UNLV losing to them, losing to they lost UNLV, right? Hawaii. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, sorry, I was reading something right here about about yeah, Hawaii, UNLV, and Ohio. Okay, and crushed by Ohio. Those are concerns with the guys they had, and also don't throw fade for a two point conversion with uh, your backup quarterback. So. Just saying. <laughs> if you want to lay out the optimist's case, you don't really have to look any further than a guy like Darren Hall, no. for instance. You know, he's expected to lock down one of the cornerback spots and maybe be their best cornerback going into the fall. And he's only a sophomore. And when you when you look at the other young guys who are presumably expected to you know, move into larger roles along the defense. You know, the sophomores along the line I mentioned earlier, Connor Mitchell, Keyshawn Banks. It's not like those guys are stiffs. You know, I think they were both three-star recruits a year or two ago. And we've seen this, we've seen San Diego State with this track record of just plugging in guys or, or us wondering over the summer and years past, you know, how are they going to replace Jake Feely? How are they going to replace, you know, Romeo Lakalaka and so on and so forth? So it's not like they haven't been in this situation before. It's just that it's been a little while, I think, since we've seen it, since we've seen it to this degree. That's enough said here. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on a second. I think was getting depth in there, which this team never has. Like, the guy depth at running back, sort of at quarterback. But I think that's a big thing building. And we'll get August later. That's not something we're doing right now. But I think overall, they 
like they're saying this is his talent, most talented team ever. But it could be like a San Jose State thing. That could still mean like maybe six or seven wins at most. Where like they may not be that much better, even though the team is better because the league is stronger overall as well. Yeah, and I mean that that story of depth also translates to the defense as well because you know I think there's at least as far as at least the Las Vegas media is concerned, you know, you can see where it's a strength and a weakness. And especially up front, where now now all of a sudden maybe they have a good defensive line. <laughs> maybe yeah, because they, we'll see. They have, they have Kolo coming back. They have you know Nate Neal coming back. They've got you know a bunch of guys who at least saw a little bit of playing time last year, and then they also returned Nick Dadashian, who missed all of 2018 with injury. So maybe. <laughs> Maybe they got some guys up front, but at the same time, you know, I think it's pretty clear that they're still trying to figure things out on the back end as well, because Jericho Flowers, I think, is, is a pretty solid foundation, but we still don't really know what we're getting from Alex Perry. You know, Evan Ostry was a little bit hit and miss last year, and so again, they have options back there, and especially some like pretty well regarded options, but that's still the kind of thing that they're they're sifting through to figure out who's going to be those guys when when fall comes around. August later, that's not something we're doing right now. But I think overall, they, like, they're they saying this is his talent, most talented team ever. But it could be like a San Jose State thing. That could still mean like maybe six or seven wins at most. Where like they may not be that much better, even though the team is better because the league is stronger overall as well. Yeah, and I mean that that story of depth also translates to the defense as well because, you know, I think there's at least as far as at least the Las Vegas media is concerned, you know, you can see where it's a strength and a weakness, and especially up front where you know, now all of a sudden maybe they have a good defensive line. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, because they, we'll see. They have, they have Polo Oswake coming back. They have you know Nate Neal coming back. They've got. You know, a bunch of guys who at least saw a little bit of playing time last year, and then they also returned Nick Dadashian, who missed all of 2018 with injury. So maybe, <laughs> maybe they got some guys up front, but at the same time, you know, I think it's pretty clear that they're still trying to figure things out on the back end as well, because Jericho Flowers, I think, is, is a pretty solid foundation, but we still don't really know what we're getting from Alex Perry. You know, Evan Ostry was a little bit hit and miss last year, and so. Again, they have options back there, and especially some like pretty well-regarded options. But that's still the kind of thing that they're they're sifting through to figure out who's going to be those guys when when fall comes around. That's why I need to find an update version of this, as I see my timer reset to three seconds every time I talk now. Well, you know, we're working out the kinks in the off-season, too. Just yeah, we'll, we'll see what goes on with this. But um, I was going to um, – since this happened, I'm not going to mention our – some someone's going to mention here, but we'll kind of wrap this up right now. We'll, we'll have some cool stuff for you down the road. We've already mentioned our plan. Next next episode, it's going to be kind of fun. We'll figure out what that's going to be because we don't know because in two weeks, Matt, preview time. Oh, yeah. Do we need to – how should we start this? Should we get a a 12-sided dice and figure it out? <laughs> no, I think, I, think that we, I think that we should leave it to our listeners, our followers on Twitter. So if you don't follow us, you should, at MWC Wire. And if you're familiar with what we did last year, we should do the same thing again, where we present four options 
a variety of options, and then we let you decide which direction we go in first. Have long previews, um, probably hour-long shows. Take you to the shows we're doing really quick. As my computer's still going weird, we're gonna do our top fifty countdown this season. Matt's been working on top fifty all-time Mountain West football team, and with some special guest experts involved too, right? A lot of special guest experts. And seeing the list he messaged me, who actually responded back, I'm pumped because I know a handful of those guys, and they know their stuff as probably more than us because they're focusing on their team specifically, unlike us where we kind of a. Uh, not that we're generalist, but um, they're more specific than us. That's all we're getting at. We'll ha- this way. They have, the Mountain West has been around for 20 years, and some of these guys have been around the Mountain West for 20 years. So. And more exactly. <laughs> with these teams. So we'll get to that. We're going to do – I'm going to work on uh, all-time teams again because that we're about halfway done. Basketball got in the way this summer or spring, I guess, and that's fine. But check us out, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn, anywhere you can find a podcast, search Mountain West Wire. And we'll be, yeah, we'll be back next time. And give us a review. And, yeah, we'll see you next time, folks.